And it is 1 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. That means it's time for uh, Post to Post, our sports talk show. Alan Wishart in the host chair. Reg will be joining me later. And anybody who caught last week's show will probably be not surprised to hear what my first topic is today. Joined by not one, not two, but three members of the Vixens women's rugby team in town. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Hello. (laughs) So... Let's go introductions. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Jardel Hofarth. Um, I am with the Vixens. I have been on and off for probably about 12, 13 years now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, my name is Mackenzie Burchu. I've just started with the Vixens this year, but I've been playing rugby since I was in grade nine. So it's my seventh, eighth year now in the sport. Wow. And I'm Katie. I've been playing rugby on and off for the better part of 20 years. <laughs> um, yeah. So we don't have any rugby rookies in the studio. Well, we'll ignore the host. We'll ignore the host for obvious reasons. Um, so, Joe, what, what position do you play and how did you end up there? Um, honestly, <laughs> I think that's a funny question only because I have been playing on and off for so long that... Um, many times they've kind of stuck me wherever was doable. Um, I've done everything from jumper to fifth to uh, wing to forward. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mackenzie? I've mostly stuck to backs when I'm playing. I've been fairly consistent with my play other than when I stopped for a couple of years. But it's mostly going to be fly half, scrum half, or wing, any of the positions. They needed someone a little faster to be running at. So Not somebody who has to get right into the middle of things and muck it out with people. Yeah, and one of the main things I did as well when I was playing for a while was, especially being fly or scrum half, is you're coordinating the entire team. So you're oh. yelling at everyone quite oh. loudly sometimes. Okay. So. Katie? Uh, I'm usually in the forward pack, so rugby can be divided. So we have a sevens game, which is a lot faster. There's only three forwards, or we can do a fifteens game where there's eight forwards. So I'm usually somewhere in that pack. (laughs) So is the Vixens then a sevens slash fifteen team? Uh, right now we're playing sevens. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to play fifteens, but uh, with COVID uh, having an effect on most sports, we're just slowly building up our community and encouraging women through the community to come out. And if we can field a fifteens team, we would absolutely love to play fifteens. Mm-hmm. But probably not the same weekend the fifteenth person showed up. Pardon? <laughs> Probably not the same weekend the 15th no, person showed up. But we're, we're always recruiting. Rugby's yeah. a super like body-positive, inclusive sport. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of one of those things that it's always a welcoming environment to just walk into whenever in the season. So, Mackenzie, you're, you're obviously the new person on the team, if you will. What, what made you decide to come out for the Vixens? Honestly, it was kind of the reminiscence of what I had when I was in high school in my first couple of years in college. When I was playing in high school, it's a very inclusive community, and I have friends all over the world because of that. A couple of my really good friends are actually, I have one of my best friends lives in Germany because she was over here in exchange when she was playing. I have a couple of friends from Norway that I know and a couple from Italy from when I was out with the uh, BC Summer Games and BC League. So those ones were quite wow. fun to play with as well and still talk to them. So it was really the community that I came back out for. I mean, the gameplay is fun, of course. Mm-hmm. Getting to hit people, take off a little bit of anger is great sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, it's definitely the community I mostly came back out for. I, I miss being able to just walk into a room and immediately feel welcomed. 
Mm-hmm. So, Joey, you were saying you've been kind of on and off with your play. In the times that you were off, were you still in touch with the team? Um, most of the time, yes, because the community runs so strong yeah. and so deep. Um, but for the last couple of years, I've been having babies. So oh, okay. <laughs> I did take a time out, yeah. So you're, you're trying to get the team up to 15. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the goal to get as many as we can. And I've, you know, actually just probably two nights ago, I was trying to convince my husband to do the same. I was like, join join the guys rugby. And he was just like, Jardel, I can't play that game. I'm a tech guy. <laughs> Come on, you could do it. Come on. Yeah, there's no reason why you can't. No, and no. You, and you get to laugh at him for the first few practices. You know what? I think he'd do great. I yeah. think he's just shy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's the best part part of the sport for you, Joe? Uh, for me, I like, I think I, I think actually let's let's narrow it down because I think all of you have said what you like best really is the community. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But what's the best part of the game to you? What's the part of the game that really gets you going? Uh, can I say exercise? Because okay. there's not really any one part of it. It's just it's kind of a thrill, and I mm-hmm. just love everybody going for the same goal. It's it's I don't I hate to repeat community but it's truly yeah. it it just it is that way. Mackenzie, you're you're one of the ones who gets to carry the ball on long loping runs. Is that what you find the most fun? It's definitely exhilarating when you get a breakthrough and you're beating everyone out and they can't catch you. That's definitely a very fun part of it. But another great part, like I said, is just being able to work with everyone on the field, mm-hmm. especially, and getting it to that point. Because yeah. it's not just about me when I'm getting it to the outside. Most of the time, I can't get it to the outside without coordinating with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it was actually when we were in Jasper, we got a really good breakthrough on the outside and ended up getting a pretty good try out of it. And it was only because everyone else on the field that I got out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're when you're running out in the open, do you ever look back over your shoulders? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Mostly it's to look back to see how slow I can run because I'm very tired at that point. So I have to run as slow as possible. So looking back, how much can I slow down? Oh crap! I can't have to again. I can't. <laughs> when you're as fast as Kenzie, you have a chance to look back and make sure everybody's yeah. eating the dust. And Katie, what for you? What best part of the game itself? I love the diversity of the game. I mm-hmm. love the fact that if you're 350 pounds or 95 pounds, there's a spot on the field for you. Mm-hmm. And everyone has um, value and purpose on that field. Mm-hmm. Kenzie's super fast. We dish her the ball and she's gone. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of a crasher. I'm going to take the ball and try and like suck in as many people and go through them as possible. Mm-hmm. So um, every body type has uh, value on the field. Mm-hmm. So again, part of your guys' game plan, it sounds like is get Kenzie the ball and then the rest of us can take a break <laughs> while she runs. With- totally. <laughs> I get to breathe while they start working in the middle again. Yeah. <laughs> so now, who do you guys play against? Like, especially now that you've become basically a sevens team and it's just out of COVID. Yeah, sevens is actually a really popular game for yes. women's rugby. So um, there's been lots of opportunities. We just started uh, the April 30th weekend. Uh, the gals went down to Jasper mm-hmm. and played in a large tournament there. Uh, and just this past weekend, they met up with uh, Rupert and Williams Lake. And- Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so and Terrace as well. Wow. So yeah, we're you know slowly building community in the north. It's definitely an obstacle being a northern team, just because we do have to travel. Yeah. We don't have the luxury of oh, we're gonna 
play. We're going to go across the street. And that's play right. Those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, that's an obstacle. And being adult women, we have families, careers, school, etc. Uh, so yeah, but it's it's great to see that community start to build again and thrive. Last year, I think we had three or four women, and this year we've got almost twenty. Wow. So. You know what? Every, everyone seems pretty committed this year. Yeah, it's it's good show up. It's every practice we are having at least nine to ten girls show out, which is okay. definitely saying something out of the twenty. Being able to get Half. out of three days a week, at least one day a week, to get nine to ten girls committing to coming out and mm-hmm. enjoying the sport is massive because it also keeps everyone on their toes with practicing. So, <laughs> and I guess what you would really like to go to practice would be to have say fourteen or fifteen, because then you could actually play mm-hmm. a scrimmage seven on seven. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> otherwise, so what do you do in practice when you can't scrimmage? Honestly, it's a lot of ball handling and hitting practice. We also do a lot of game simulations where we're going to be doing like two-on-one situations mm-hmm. or things like that where we're essentially emanating the plays that we would be doing if we had scrimmage opportunities, mm-hmm. but taking advantage of the fact that we have so little girls and breaking it down into smaller groups. So you were saying Rupert, Terrace, Williams Lake... Those were the three that were in Williams Lake this past weekend. In Jasper, we had uh, one girl come out and play with us from Prince Rupert, so she made the 12-hour drive, which is saying something to come play with us. And we also had the, I think the Williams Lake team was there. Yeah, no, Williams Lake was there. Prince George was there. Then we had about six different teams from Alberta, and I think we had one team down from Vancouver come and play with us. Wow. So there were, I believe with the women's, there were 10 junior essentially mm-hmm. and then four old girl teams so those are going to be ladies in their over 30s 40s who formed exclusive teams in the cities mm-hmm. that can make them large enough so they can have a separate team yeah otherwise you have to stick with the younger kids <laughs> yeah. and get get the fast ones the ball and everybody else go to the, <laughs> go to the water break yeah you just accept she's gone <laughs> yeah. it's like okay nope, nope, nope. <laughs> now how many when you guys get together especially with the other northern teams I'm guessing you probably you must know a lot of the players on those teams. Most of them by name. We okay. have a really good relationship with most of the other northern teams because it's such even though we're far apart it's such a close knit community because mm-hmm. we are very spread apart and mm-hmm. we are the only connections with the sport is through us and each other because like you said in Vancouver you can hop across the street and go play with someone else up here you kind of have to look the next town or two across. Yeah. <laughs> Rugby is a phenomenal community just outside of even the north. Mm -hmm. I just went and played in Edmonton Rugby Fest a couple weeks ago, and I connected with a team that I'd never played for before, didn't really have any personal connections with, but the team that I was going to play for um, had to drop out last minute, (laughs) and my trip was already scheduled to go, so... Uh, I connect and they just open you up with open arms. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You can come join us. And yeah. before you know it, you got lifelong friends. Yeah. And now uh, that, so is that the sort of thing there where every once in a while, if you guys decide to host a tournament here, you might even, if you've got enough time, reach out to some of these other teams that you've been in contact with and say, hey, we're going to be hosting a tournament. Would you guys be interested in coming out? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. any chance that we get and networking's a huge part of it and because we are just building up from COVID, uh we try and expand on social media. Our uh president Marina's been phenomenal about mm-hmm. really boosting that with the team behind her to get social media presence and QR codes and other things to help promote the sport in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now when and where do you guys practice? 
Uh, currently, for the women's team, it's between Harwin Elementary and Duchess Park. So a couple of days a week on Mondays and Wednesdays from 5.30 to 7, we're at Harwin Elementary. And then on Thursdays at Duchess, we actually share the field with the Nats, and we're practicing from 6 to 7.30, and then after that, we generally go out for a social. Okay. It's good fun. Yeah. And so now when you say you're sharing the field with the Nats, I take it you're not actually sharing the field with them, like you're not playing against them. It depends. Sometimes we have, especially when we had small numbers, um, Mm -hmm. specifically last year, uh, they were really welcoming and opened up uh, their practices for us. And uh, a lot of the times we'll run touch games, so it's not full on contact. And even for the contact drills, they're always pretty inclusive and including us. Mm -hmm. Is there much of a difference between the men's game and the women's game? There's generally a fairly large, or not substantially large, but there is a difference between the two because the men's games generally, even in sevens, focused a lot more on the hitting and going into contact. Fifteens mm-hmm. for women's is very similar, but if you look into a sevens game with women's, it's fairly different because you're looking a lot more into the avoiding the contact, mm-hmm. popping the ball out, not going down into a rock, whereas mm-hmm. in men's they're kind of looking for that contact a little bit more. Is part of that in the men's game because they want a chance to rest? Rest, and honestly, I think it's just they're also looking for a chance to hit someone at that point. (laughs) Now, how much has, because I know the Canadian rugby teams, especially the Sevens, have been very successful over the last few years. Have you started to see that as almost like a bit of a trickle-down effect where you're getting people coming out because they saw it on TV? I think it's a phenomenal environment right now for rugby and w- women in sport in general because mm-hmm. it is finally getting coverage that uh, you, you can't beat unless you see it. And you've got little girls growing up and watching rugby and looking up to people like Sophie DeGoody and being like, wow, I can be that. <laughs> so I do think it has a trickle effect. Um, we've slowly started growing the youth community here where we haven't really had rugby in the high schools for a yeah. few years. So ev- everything does have a trickle effect. Anytime that you can hit media and like like I said with even our club's efforts on just getting in social media it's branching out that information and being like oh I didn't know Prince George had a women's rugby team hmm. I'm going to go out <laughs> so yes I do think that there is a trickle effect there for sure now when you've got the practices if somebody wanted to just show up would you insist that they play right away or would you say no if you want to if you just want to stand on the sidelines for now and just watch us Totally. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's up to each individual. We get mm-hmm. some super eager um, new people that are just like, hey, I want to try this, and they dive right in. Um, we've got one gal that just started uh, this year, and she's drank all the rugby Kool-Aid, so it was really <laughs> cool. She just played her first tournament this weekend. Um, you know, there's other people that are a little bit more hesitant, you know, yeah. you, you there's all these like personas on the how aggressive of a game it is and the contact where it does uh, deter some people from trying it and we try and provide those opportunities to come out throw a ball learn uh, we've got touch games as well so it doesn't have to be contact mm-hmm. and as uh, Ken said with the <laughs> the old girls um, coming out as well then there's other uh, non-contact opportunities so okay. we, tr- we try and meet everyone's needs and just build that comfort level from wherever they're starting at. Now, are the Vixens going to be hosting any games this summer? Yeah, we've got June 17th. Uh, It's a mixed tournament with the Nats. Okay. So uh, it'll be men's and women's teams playing. So that will be our uh, first local tournament for sure. Okay. Where is that going to be? 
I'm not positive, but I okay. think they're considering between Dutchess Park and Massage Plates. Okay. Those are generally the two fields we do yeah. tournaments at. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, now, at Dutchess, then, do they have... How many rugby fields do they have at Dutchess? Like, how many games would you be able to run at the same time? Just the one, because it's the one field. Okay. And the same, obviously, at Massage. Okay. So that cuts down how many teams you can have in a tournament. Mm -hmm. Or how many days you have to run the tournament for. Yeah. With seven sevens is a fast game. We've got seven-minute halves, so 15 minutes, your game's done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then five minutes later, the next game is out there. That's right. Mm -hmm. How are you guys doing for referees or officials? It's been a recruitment effort for mm-hmm. sure. Um, it's uh, We have some really dedicated uh, people that have their refereeing certificate and seem to come out for the community whenever <laughs> the call gets put out there. Uh, we've been in contact with BC Rugby to host a referee clinic here mm-hmm. just to be able to get a little bit more of a local pool going. Mm-hmm. Now, so you've got the tournament June 17th. Have you guys got any other games scheduled in the next little while? Uh, at the current moment, we have June 10th going out to Prince Rupert for Seafest. I believe we have five girls committed currently at the moment to going to that one. And then we also have coming up here for July or starting in July is going to be the Williams Lake Stampede Games okay. where it's going to be a, essentially the same as Seafest where it's just a weekend of lots of fun playing <laughs> games and a little bit of alcohol involved. Ah. Okay, as long as you keep it in that order, there's a lot of games and a little bit of alcohol. <laughs> I know it might not be quite as much fun, but it's better. Um, now, how can people get more information about the Vixens? They can reach out to us on social media. We have mm-hmm. a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Um, and, yeah, just connecting with anybody in the community. Okay. Uh, there's posters hung up, I think, all around the city right now. <laughs> We're a little bit hard to miss. Yeah. I think there's some at Kelly Road right now. There's some at the Heart, Save On. I've seen some around other places as well. I'm just there. There are a fair bit of places right now, and there's QR codes on there. Okay, sounds great. So, Joe, Kenzie, Katie, Vixens Rugby, thank you very much for coming in and bringing yeah, us up to date on what's happening. Thank you happening. for your time. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Okay, We're going to take a quick break and be back with more on Post to Post. Tune in to Modern Jazz Today. A weekly show that focuses on today's jazz improvisers and creators, cutting their teeth and cutting the edge of sound. Join us as we explore what's new, what's groundbreaking, and where it's happening. Right here and only here on Modern Jazz Today. Monday nights at 7 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. The Knowledge Garden at the downtown branch of the Prince George Public Library is the place to be on June 24th for a bicycle repair cafe. Presented in partnership with the Equal Living Community, the Fraser Basin Council, and Logic. it's a chance to get some tips on keeping your bicycle in top shape heading into summer. The repair cafe is for teens and adults, and you have to pre-register at 250-563-9251. The Bicycle Repair Cafe, June 24th from 1 to 3 at the downtown library. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly sunny, wind from the southwest at 20K, a high of 17 with a high UV index. Tonight, clear, southwest winds becoming light this evening, a low of 2 with a risk of frost, then sunny on Thursday with a high of 19 and a high UV index. (music) 
Nobody wrote lyrics like Neil Diamond. Yeah, eventually. I am, I said. Yes. To no one there. To nobody there. And nobody no. heard, including the chair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he'd be out in a cornfield, at least corn has ears. Okay. <clears throat> so what else do we have on the schedule? I, uh, Memorial Cup is getting down to the last little yes. bit, isn't it? Final round-robin game is today, and it, it has meaning. Okay. Mainly because of what happened last night. Well, we'll get caught up because, of course, it started after our last show, last Wednesday. Yeah. Friday night, the host Camus Blazers didn't get things off to a good start. They lost to Quebec 8-3. to mm-hmm. Saturday... Seattle, the WHL reps, beat Peterborough out of Ontario 6-3. to Yeah. On Sunday, Kamloops turned around and beat Peterborough 10-2. to Wow. Yes. Monday's game, Quebec over Seattle 3-1. to Okay. So with that win, Quebec sealed their spot in the final already. Okay. Last night, <coughs> Peterborough beat Quebec 4-2. to Okay. So there's an upset. Yeah. If Peterborough was 0-2, Quebec was 2-0. <laughs> If Quebec had won, yeah, it would have meant that the game tonight between Kansas and Seattle was basically meaningless because they were going to finish second and third and play in the semifinal. Right. Now, they play tonight. Whoever loses plays Peterborough tomorrow in the tiebreaker okay. to figure out who's going to finish third. And then on Saturday, the semifinal will be... That loser, or sorry, the winner of that game versus the winner of the Campbell-Seattle game tonight. And then on, I believe it's Monday, is the final. Hold and, it, hold it, hold sorry. it. Sorry, yeah, okay. How can the winner of that game, play, the winner play the winner of this game that game tonight? The, the tiebreaker game is Peter Oh, I see, the winner yes. of the tiebreaker yes. would then play. The, the winner of the Campbell-Seattle game tonight. Right. Yeah, that yeah. team, because that team, all of them... Two of them will. Fi- whoever loses tonight finishes at one and two, the same as Peterborough. Right. Whoever wins finishes at two and one. But Quebec's already beaten both of them. Right. So Quebec automatically, as I said earlier, has already qualified for the final on Monday. Okay. So now they just watch and hope so, everybody beats everybody else out. So number one gets to uh, by number the one final. Gets straight, two, two versus, three. Two playoff. Three, four sits around and waits for the uh, ceremonies. For the, yeah. Okay. Yes. But it sounds like it's been some good hockey. Again, I've got uh, friends down in Camp. Well, I've got acquaintances down in Kamloops still, mm-hmm. some of whom have been posting on Facebook. And a couple of them have been posting, like especially with the Kamloops games, have been posting period-by-period period scores. Yeah. They weren't very happy with the Friday game where they no. lost to Quebec 8-3. Well, it but, sounds like Quebec's the uh, team to beat. Yeah, except that Peterborough beat them last night. Yeah. And again, it was sort of a meaningless game to some extent well, for Quebec because they were already in. Right. But still, you would think you would want to go through and keep that winning going as yeah. you go into the playoffs. Well, 3-1, it, it's... 4-2 was that so game. Oh, 4-2, yeah. okay. 3-1 was their game against Seattle. Ah. So, yeah, yeah. so so there's there's been the two blowouts, both involving Kamloops. Kamloops on the wrong end of one, losing 8-3 to Quebec, but then beating Peterborough 10-2. Yeah. The other game's like, even 6-3, Seattle over Peterborough, I believe there was an empty net goal in that one. Mm-hmm. So... It's on six three even doesn't, doesn't yeah, it's, it's not a blowout. Blow but no. if if it's a five three with an empty netter, it's yeah. even less. And then the yeah. other ones were three to one and four to two. So yeah, yeah. Hmm. But again, it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight because again, the, the, this is the only time in the Memorial Cup that teams that have played each other before play each other again. Yes. 
Now that's uh, the final is on Sunday, right? Final is on Monday. Oh, on Monday. Yes, the oh, okay. tiebreaker is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The semifinal is on Saturday, and the now, final is on Monday. There will need to be a tiebreaker, right? Yes, there because will, of the way because, it's yeah. yeah. Because okay. whoever loses tonight finishes one and two. Right. The same record as Peterborough. So the, that'll be the tiebreaker. Yeah, because they technically are f- tied for third at that point. Okay. And what I found interesting, and yet at the I can see why they're doing it, is even though Peterborough will have lost two, both Kamloops and Seattle, for the final playoff spot, I think the basic thinking is you don't leave that up to what happened in the round robin. You play for that final playoff spot. And that's mm-hmm. what they're doing is for third place. Yeah. So, Yeah. Wow. So some good hockey still coming up there, and that'll wrap up the junior hockey. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember. I think last – was it last week we were able to talk about the world hockey? Canada Did we talk Germany? about world hockey? Well, we generally don't. No. There's no local connection yeah. there. So no. Okay. But I was just trying to think if this was sort of the last of hockey for especially like junior age players and stuff like that until we get to the draft. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, the only hockey left once they get through the Memorial Cup is what is normally the only hockey left, which is the playoffs in the yes. NHL. Yes, yeah, yeah. The world's always get done before. Yes, uh, before the NHL's yeah. finished. Yeah, so pretty much that, that basically wraps up the junior hockey schedule, and of course the BCHL uh, wrapped up their schedule last week with Penticton. Big surprise, winning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they don't go on anymore. No. But the BCHL did make one announcement today. Overtime, starting next season, will be 10 minutes before they go to a shootout. Yeah. Now, so. they do they do the three-on-three? They go three-on-three. Yeah. Three. So three-on-three for 10 minutes is going to be kind of interesting watching. Yeah, that should reduce a lot oh, of the yeah. shootouts, I would think. Yeah, I think the stat, and I don't know if it was just from this past season or from the last couple of seasons... Uh, for over forty percent of the games that went to overtime ended up going to a shootout. Right, I think they figured that's too much. Shootouts are a little bit boring, really, because there's that moment of excitement. Yeah, and then there's like three minutes of waiting for the puck to be placed back out of center ice for the next skater to come three out and minutes. do his loops. And it's not three minutes. Okay, it's four. Half a minute. No. If that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, and it, well, realistically. Winning in regulation is a clear cut. We won the hockey oh, game. Yes. Winning in overtime is well. We beat you in the uh, yeah. in, in the scrimmage that came after the real hockey game. Yeah. Winning, and then winning a shootout is like and winning a shootout is just a skills competition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we beat you we in the skills lucky. competition. Yeah. We got lucky. Yeah. So. Yeah. One of our guys bounced the puck off both posts, and it's peanut vendor. Yeah. 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 But uh, no. So what else do you have there? Um, well, that's about it for hockey. Big surprise, big surprise. Um, oh, we had some um, judoka oh. competing recently in Montreal at the Open Canadian National Championships mm-hmm. from both the Prince George Club and the Hart Club. Okay. And um, Nevada Jones won a bronze in the under-16. Alandra Steiger and Lily McCuller won silver in under 16. Of course, these are in different weight classes, which is why right. everybody can win medals yeah. in the yeah. what sounds like the same class. Uh, Megan Gruder doubled up. She won silver in under 16 and under 18 in her weight class. Wow. And Kamiko Kamstra. And I was going, I recognize that name. She's been around for a while. 
Well, yeah, she won a bronze in the seniors. So, yeah, she has been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then what they did, apparently, was Team BC stuck around for, like, a national training camp for a few days after the competition. So, yeah. I mean, you've got all the best in the country there already. Why send them home and two weeks later say, oh, by the way. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, that's, that's about that for now. And touch early, but we can go to a break, I think. Sure. Okay. Take a quick break and be back with more on Post to Post. If you are affected by dementia, you are not alone. The Alzheimer's Society of BC offers in-person and virtual support groups for caregivers and people living with early symptoms of dementia. Learn, laugh, and help others through mutual understanding. For a listing of upcoming support group meetings or more information, visit alzbc.org. Registration is also available through the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. In-person and virtual support groups from the Alzheimer's Society of BC. Sign up today. Director nominations are being accepted for the Prince George Council of Seniors. Make sure your membership fees are up to date so you can nominate, be nominated, or just be on hand to vote at the AGM on its new date, June 21st. Nomination forms are available at the Seniors Resource Centre, 1335th Avenue. For more information, email bggun44 at telus.net. The Prince George Council of Seniors Annual General Meeting, now set for 1 o'clock Wednesday, June 21st, at the new Seniors Resource Centre, 1335th Avenue. Okay, so uh, it is nice and warm out. Yes. Well, today today's oddly cold. But. And there's a <laughs> forecast. Yeah. Risk of freezing tonight. Well, a risk of risk of frost. Risk tonight. of frost. Yes. 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 It's supposed to get down to yeah. two. Yes. So, well, uh, uh, to wrap up those tomatoes. Yeah. One of the, um, I think it was Mackenzie with yeah. the uh, Vixens Rugby, was saying she'd gotten a phone call from her mom because she lives north of the city. And mom said, make sure you cover your plants or take them inside tonight. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, it is dry enough that, uh, and warm enough that the, the outdoor sports are up and going. And do you have some results from fastball? Spruce City men's fastball got their season rolling. They had a, um, a work bee, I think, on the weekend just to do the final touches on getting things ready, and obviously everything worked, because Monday they took to the field at uh, Spruce City Fastball. Uh, the AP Athletics Angels in the first game beat the FFR Glass Grays 8-6, to six. and then the Angels ended up playing a doubleheader, and they beat the Tacla Lakers 11-4 to four in the nightcap. Mm-hmm. Last night, the Big Guy Lake Reds beat the Lakers 6 nothing, and then the Reds were back out on the second game, and they lost to the LTNK Hitman 9-7. to Now, games tonight, uh, the Sykoots Tigers are playing a doubleheader. I believe they're a Vanderhoof team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they are playing the Reds at 6.30 and the Lakers at 8. And the league announced about a week ago that they were, they originally were figuring on playing at 7 and 8.30, but they don't have the lights in yet. Ah. So they've moved everything up a half hour. So 6.30 and 8 are the game times. They don't have the lights in. Well, remember, they lost all their electrical stuff last year. Well, I I know the fire. Yes. But I I forgot that that affected the electrical. Yes. Because the lights are still there. Oh, yeah. They're just not wired in. Yeah, they just don't work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
That, that it, makes it's, sense. it's sort of like the brake pedal on my car. It's there. I don't use it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're you're just that's because you don't go fast enough to no, require the brakes. I know. Yeah, and again, um, talking with Robbie Antoine. I think that was just last week, wasn't it? Or was that two weeks ago that we uh, talked to that Robbie? That was last week. Yeah, eight teams this year in the league. Hmm. So a nice little boost for them. Yep. Some out of town teams. So. As he was saying, it means you've got to do a little bit of juggling with the schedule because you do like to do stuff then, like have uh, Psycoots, because as I say, I'm pretty sure they're from Vanderhoof way. You have them in town and have them in for a doubleheader mm-hmm. rather than have them come in on Monday and again on Wednesday. No, do two games in one night. And again, some of the teams he was saying as well, a lot of their guys say work at the same pulp mill in the community. Yep. So... You try to schedule it with their shifts. Like if they're all going to be on shift one night, no, they can't play that night. So you put them on another night. So hats off to the schedule makers at the softball. And then you also, to some extent, got to try to work around the fact that you're maybe not right away, but you're going to have teams going to tournaments and stuff. Yes. And so you, as soon as you find out about that, you've got to try to make, probably let them not have to play on Thursday because they might want to get away Thursday during the day for the tournament if it starts on Friday. No, exactly. So so the uh, men's baseball, senior men's baseball, mm-hmm. um, I'll just click on the schedule here. It does show, yeah, they've uh, gotten underway. Oh, okay. And they started last Wednesday. Wow. Uh, uh, PG Plumbing and Heating Tigers beating the Knights 13-2. to Ouch. Might be another rough uh, year for the Knights. Yes. Or sorry, no, no. Uh, I'm reading the wrong way here. Uh, the Tigers beat the Gladiators 13 to 2. Ah. Uh, the Orioles beat the Knights 9 to 2. Oh. Uh, that was on Thursday. Yeah. And then, uh, Monday, uh, Gladi- Gladiators lost to the Fresno Construction Mariners. That's nine, a team that's making some road trips. 9 to 3. <laughs> and then, uh, last night, it was uh, the Tigers and the Orioles. Uh, they had to settle for uh, a tie. Oh. Which is kind of odd. Yeah. But I guess they decided to keep a time limit time on the yes. games. So. Yeah. Because they yeah, got they lights tied, there. I think. Tied at five tonight. Tonight, uh, seven o'clock, the action has the Gladiators up against the Orioles. DOB, DOB contracting Gladiators against the JRJ Construction Orioles. Okay, I recognize some of the sponsor names, but again, I think there's a couple of new ones there. Yeah, well, PG Plumbing and Heating Tigers, yep. uh, Fresno Construction Mariners. Really, if you're in construction, you probably <laughs> it's the place to uh, yeah. put your sponsorship money, I guess. Yes, and the league likes it because it means if they need a hand with the fences or something, hey, we know who we can talk to. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad it wasn't a warmer day. I'd probably go down for that game tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that wind is not a pleasant one, really, even though it's sort yeah. of out of the south, but it's still not... Yeah, not it's it's strangely uh, cool, chilly. Yes. chilly. Yeah, but again, so all the other sports around the city should be up and running as well. Like, we know rugby is going. Mm-hmm. Baseball and fastball are both going. Um, golf. Golf, yes. Yeah, we talked to Jesse last week, I believe. Yeah. He phoned in on that, and... All the courses, I think, are up and running. Tournaments starting up there pretty quick as well on a lot of them, probably. So, uh, mm-hmm. no, I think we are basically getting into the spring and summer sports season. 
despite yes. the fact that it's... And uh, one uh, thing to note for anyone that's into indigenous sport, mm. uh, the Indigenous Sport Physical Activity and Recreation Council, they have merchandise now available online for uh, Team BC. Ah. Team BC merchandise online okay. for the uh, the team that's going to the North American Indigenous right. Games, which is coming up in July in Halifax. Right. Uh, but if you want to get a jersey or a hoodie or whatever, mm-hmm. you got to do it soon. Mm-hmm. Their own the uh, edition, the online probably, store yeah. only open until Sunday. Uh, Sunday at wow. midnight, they'll close it. Then they'll get the uh, orders all filled and send everything out, and you'll have it uh, probably mm-hmm. by the end of June. Yeah. So in time for you to wear while you're following the Indigenous Games yeah. from out here. And, and this is kind of the cool thing about yeah. sports events like that now in our modern day and age is you're, you're going to be able to follow it online mm-hmm. with uh, likely live video coverage. Yes. Which is just oh. amazing. You, you, you can't afford to make the trip to Halifax. Well, not a problem. Just have to make sure you're able to bring up the, the streaming video and, and yeah. watch the uh, watch the events. I suspect a fair bit of that, again, um, was maybe not directly because of, but helped out to some extent, if you will, by COVID. Oh, for sure. Because but even before that, oh, yeah. like I, even if you think back to when... Uh, when Prince George hosted the RBC Royal Bank Cup mm-hmm. uh, at CN Center, that was 20, uh, 2007? 2007. Okay. Yeah, because it was just before the radio station went on air. Right. And I got to be part of the the uh, the internet Ooh, broadcast yes. group. Yeah. And yeah, all the games were available streaming uh, streaming video over the internet. Mm. Okay. So yeah, it's it's definitely something that's more and more. Uh, it's it's to the point where it doesn't matter what the sport is. Chances are you're able to bring it up live on your computer. Yes. So it's it's kind of neat. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you've got to pay for it. Like if you want to watch yeah. Major League Baseball, they've got a free game of the day. Yeah. But yeah. anything other than that. But again, you got to be part of the package. That's right? a good example. We would talk about uh, Jared Young every week. Yes. And he plays for the Iowa Cubs. Well, your subscription to Major League Baseball TV, MLB TV, mm-hmm. it gets you free access to the the minors oh, too. So okay. you'd be able to follow Jared Young game by game, guy by game in the Iowa Cubs okay. uh, uniform. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, we are hoping to have a phone call coming in in the next couple of minutes, but they aren't here yet. So unless you've got something else right off the bat, Reg? Uh, Nothing handy. Okay. We will go to a break then and come back with more on Post to Post. Hope Air is gearing up for this year's Give Hope Wings expedition. Hope Air raises funds to support patients who must travel long distances for vital medical care. And Give Hope Wings is their annual cross-Canada tour to raise money and awareness. This year's journey will stop in Prince George on June 15th, a prime opportunity to fundraise and help bridge the distance between home and hospital. Full details are available at hopeair.ca. Hope Air's Give Hope Wings, June 15th at the Prince George Airport. Your Prince George Council of Seniors is in need of volunteers for their Meals on Wheels program. Volunteers work once per week from about 10.30 to noon, delivering hot meals to household clients. 
To help out, you must have a friendly manner, a valid driver's license, and a reliable vehicle. A criminal record check is also required. To get involved or for more information, call the new Seniors Resource Center at 250-564-5888 or stop by at 1335th Avenue. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly sunny. Wind from the southwest at 20K, a high of 17 with a high UV index. Tonight, clear. Southwest winds becoming light this evening, a low of 2 with a risk of frost. Then sunny on Thursday with a high of 19 and a high UV index. Okay, so our expected guest has not called, called in, but might still, uh, but yeah, you never know. Nope. So we'll uh, we'll carry on with other topics until uh, until we do get a phone call. Yes, and yeah, we'll uh, start with uh, Jared Young, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Did Did you look up his numbers? Unfortunately, no. See, I'm using my usual process where I forget one week and then remember the next. Right. And last week I remembered, so this ah. week I didn't. Okay. Well, let me see if I can find out. Uh, let's see. Uh, where are we at here? Iowa roster. She's got a whole bunch of pictures here. <laughs> pictures. That can't be all pictures. Catchers. Infielders. There he is. Oh, okay. Jared Young. Says he's active. That's good. Good, yes. good to know. Oh, they've got here MLB forty man. Oh, okay. Now that's but, the that's the, uh, that's the Chicago Cubs forty man roster then. And under that, it said no. Ah, okay. So he's <laughs> not on the forty man roster. No, I didn't think he was. But no, because now that forty man roster. Do they have people in the minors on? Oh that? yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you're only allowed to have, I believe, it's 25 or 26. 26, yeah. On the major league roster. Okay. So then, some of the minor leaguers are already tagged as guys that yes. are going to be pulled up when needed, right? Yeah. So that's bad news then. Yeah, I don't know that he's ever. But again, you could be called up even if you aren't on the forty-man roster. No, for sure. Because I don't believe he was on the roster last year when he got called up. Right. Okay, so I am. Let's I see. Am, oh, here we go. I guess we need his current stats, although it just shows career stats. Oh no, here we are. Twenty twenty-three. Yes. Uh, Thirty games played. Ninety-three at bats. Okay. 18 runs, 25 hits, uh, TB. Total bases. Oh, 40. Okay. Uh, three doubles, no triples. No. Four home runs. Okay. Uh, his current average is 269, which I think is pretty much what he's been he's at. He's been holding that. He's kind of the whole season that, yeah. so far. On base percentage, uh, 374. Uh, slugging percentage 430. And what's OPS again? On base plus slugging. It's sort of an overall number. I was going to say 004, but no, that's an 8 at the beginning. Okay. (laughs) 804, that makes more sense. Yes. And then the GO divided by AO. Ground outs as opposed to air outs. Ah. Whether he hits the ball in the air or. Right. On the ground, yeah. Oh, I see. So uh, 1.04. So, so that's pretty, pretty even. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much even up. 
Now, that was the batting stats and, okay, fielding, here we go. Fielding stats and 2023, of course, we got it all broken into the different positions that he's been playing. Oh, my goodness, there's uh, first base, third base. Yeah, the same as before, first base, uh, third base, mostly at first base where he's had uh, 20 games, I think. 20, 20 games? Yeah, yeah, and they actually started all 20 of those games. Games started. Uh, 167 is the number of innings. Okay. So that's a Playing good amount. Much complete games, yep. Yeah. And what do we got? 155 is the TC. Total chances. Oh, total chances. And PO is put outs. Put outs. So putouts is uh, 147. Okay, which makes sense for a first baseman. Yeah. And then uh, assists, 8. Errors, there's the important one. Errors, 0. Good, yeah. And then 11 DP. What's DP? Uh, he's been part of 11 double plays. Okay, 11 double plays. Yeah. And so I would think his, uh, yeah, 100% at uh, yes. fielding percentage. And that's the same uh, percentage he has for uh, his plays at third base and left field. Good. Right field, he has no percentage because there's been uh, no no hits to him when he was at, uh, at right field. And then the other games he's been at uh, as his designated hitter. Mostly, mostly first base, though. Yes. Uh, mentioned 20 starts. And that's uh, more than the others all combined. Only four games at uh, third base, two at left field. Well, technically, oh, just one at right field. He didn't start there, though. Mm. And then three games where he was uh, DH. Yeah. And how many innings did you say he played at first base? Uh, first base, 167. In 20 games, so base, yeah, so he's basically playing the full game as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty much normal, I think, yeah. for, for first base. Yeah. You very rarely well, switch out your first some, baseman. You sometimes get a defensive replacement late in the game. Defensive? Yeah, but obviously you don't need yeah, to. Not if, no. Not if you're, <laughs> no, not, not if, if you're 100% not, not on, if isn't committing on your, yeah, exactly. But I mean, you, that's the, but the only thing you'll see is sometimes you've got a guy at first base who yeah. has, Maybe has no range or sees or, the ball coming at him and says, "I don't let it hit." Well, me. yeah, but I'm thinking more of the case of uh, of offensive, yes. an offensive replacement. If he was having an off day at the bat, yeah, and or maybe he he got hit by a pitch, yes, and a sore arm, so you sit him down for a, an inning or two or yeah. whatever. No, so anyway, wow. so, so that's the numbers. Yeah, so that's good. So he's holding steady. Yeah, and as the season goes along, we'll see what happens with the uh, with the big boys up in Chicago. Whether they because last year he was a September call up, wasn't he? Yeah, it was yeah. late in the season. Yeah, but uh, well, with any luck, he'll get called up a little bit earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Can't don't know. I think the Cubs are sort of middle of the table. They're not. They're not Tampa Bay, and they're not uh, Oakland. This no, year, you don't want to be Oakland. Yeah, Oakland's struggling, that's for sure. Uh, struggling is putting it very, very mildly. 
Okay, I don't think we're going to get our phone call. No. So I guess maybe go to another break and yeah. we'll see what else we can find to talk about on Post to Post. On Sunday, Crohn's and Colitis Canada is hosting the Gutsy Walk at the Caledonian Nordic Ski Club. The Gutsy Walk raises money for those affected by Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis in our community, with over $50 million donated to patient support programs and critical research. Join with your fellow community members and show them they're not alone. For more information, visit gutsywalk.ca. The Crohn's and Colitis Gutsy Walk, Sunday at the Caledonian Nordic Ski Club. On Friday, join four prominent disabled Canadian Canadians virtually for a panel discussion on the power of an inclusive mindset. Presented by the Rick Hansen Foundation to commemorate National Accessibility Week, panelists will share their lived experiences as people with varying disabilities to create a deeper understanding of this important topic. Registration for the event is available through the National Accessibility Week page under Get Involved at RickHansen.com. The Power of an Inclusive Mindset panel discussion, 10 a.m. Friday via Zoom. Okay, so you were talking about the standings in Major League Baseball. Yes, just in terms of where Chicago is. Fair to Midland, you figured. I thought so. I couldn't remember. So I thought I'd better bring up the actual uh, information so that we can see that they are below Fair to Midland because they're at uh, 444. Okay. Is their winning percentage. And that's uh, 24 wins, 30 losses. Okay. So they're... They're not doing very good. No, they're a third of the way through the season too, because that's fifty-four games out of the hundred and sixty-two. So yeah, yeah, so they're they're not uh, not doing. Yeah, no. they're not even keeping close. I think. Uh, no, I think you know, Milwaukee is well not running away with the division, yeah. but Milwaukee's having a good enough season that everybody else is trying to stay in touch. Well, uh, Cubs are only four games back. But yeah, it's a weak division. Yeah, that's something. This year, especially, baseball is noticing is there are strong divisions and there are weak divisions. Yeah, just ask the Blue Jays, right? Well, when I checked yesterday, the fifth place team in the American League East, which I believe was the Blue Jays, was playing 519 baseball, not counting Oakland in the American League West. Seattle was playing 519 baseball and they were in fourth. Yeah. The top team in the American League Central, Minnesota, was playing 519. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. Boston that's actually five nineteen. Okay. Blue Jays are uh, five twenty seven. Okay. Yeah. But uh, well, just to give you an example of where that fits, oh. Minnesota is five oh nine to yeah, lead so lost. Yeah. the Central. And let's see, Texas is doing okay, but second place in the West is is five ninety three. Yeah. Los Angeles Angels five eighteen. So yeah. only the top three are up there. And uh, NL East, Miami uh, in second place is 509. Yeah. So yeah, 519 is uh, being the bottom team. In that, it's pretty, in pretty that one division. Yeah, is, pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Of course, as the season goes along, those teams will start to play each other a little bit more. Well, I was thinking uh, Blue Jays must be l- doing worse than what they are because, like, they're at 527. I thought they'd be worse than that because they've been playing a lot of in. Oh. Yes. Their own division and not doing well. No, in their own division. So they have to. Uh, hopefully, the next few weeks are out of the division. They can get back yes. on the on the winning ways and start yeah. hitting the ball out of the park more. And yes. although um, that being said, uh, Bo Bichette, I think, is still lights out the best oh, batter yeah. in 
Major League Baseball right now. On is, an all-around basis, yes. Well, batting well, average anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Luis Arias came down a fair bit. He had been hitting about 420 for the first month, and he's dropped back a fair bit. I don't know exactly what he's hitting now. but well, I think last I heard uh, Bichette was 444. Yeah. That, that's Maybe over his last several games, but definitely not over not the season. Not over the season? No. Oh, no. Maybe it was 344. Okay, even that sounds a little bit high for what Bo's been doing. 344? That's yeah. not that high. Well, let's take a look then. Yeah. Batters, average. Uh, oh, my goodness. Mm. Where's the simple stats when you want them, right? Okay. Um, I can't even find the just... We've got exit velocity. We've got distance. We've got hard hit. We've got barrels. I just want the straight-up batting average. What are they doing to me here? They're making it as difficult as they can. No doubt. Yeah, and Hmm. I'm on their app, and on their app, I can't even find stats. They've got standings and everything, but no... Here we go. Quick hits stats. All right. I don't know. It's not coming up here at all. So I'll have to find it some other way. Yes. But it shows Aaron Judge number one. Yes. That is, I believe, the on-base plus slugging. Okay. Uh, here we go. Average. Let's see. Luis Reyes is still hitting 376. Okay. Freddie Freeman is hitting 347. Bichette is hitting 331. Okay. Yeah. So I probably heard 344. Yes. I remember 44. Yeah. But that's, uh, again, still, that's really good. Yes. Right. Yeah. The unfortunate thing, as a couple of my friends say, is his fielding percentage at shortstop is fairly close to that as well. He's <laughs> yeah. not. He's he not has a not had a good year no, on, on well, the field. He has not. He's shown over the last couple of years he's not a shortstop. But they can't I, figure out where else I to disagree. Put him. Well, uh, he's not a good shortstop. Yeah, he's, he's he definitely not a, one of the better ones. He makes spectacular play. Yeah. But he messes up routine plays, and he is throwing is very inconsistent. Can be very erratic, yeah. yes. Unlike his uh, uh, his patri- compatriot at first base, Vlad. who has oh. been struggling big time at the plate, yeah. but that is still true. lights out as as far as def- defense yes. goes. He. He's constantly grabbing stuff that oh, yeah. most would get by most first basemen. And the funny thing is, again, he's one of those guys where you look at him and you look at his body. Yeah, you don't. And think you're he's, saying unless the no ball is hit within two feet of first base, he's not going to get to yeah. it. Yeah, but he surprises but he does. you. He yeah. does, and he is learning because first base, I don't think, was a position that he played until a couple of years ago on a regular basis. Right, and he's learned how to play the position. Like he knows one of the things that. A lot of young first basemen at any level, mm-hmm. um, when you field the ball and your pitcher is going to cover it, it's not a good idea usually to throw the ball overhand because it's going to be moving a little bit too fast for him. What you want to do is lob it and lead him to the bag. Yeah. And that's something that um, Vladdy, Vlad Jr., has got down pretty well as long as his pitcher remembers to leave the mound and cover the bag, which some of them still have a problem with. 
Yeah. And I saw another one recently. It was not a Blue Jays game, but it was the uh, the old Little League home run. Blooper hit into center field. Oh, no. Batter gets to first. Outfielder comes up with the ball and fires it. And you can see the first baseman has come to the mound to be the cutoff guy. And you can see him, as soon as the ball is thrown, you can see him just sort of put his arms by his side and look at the guy. Because it's like 30 feet over his head, all the way to the backstop. Yeah. The batter keeps going. It's getting to third base. The catcher tracks the ball down and fires it out into the left field. <laughs> and the batter gets up and trots home. Yeah. So, like I say, it doesn't go down as a home run. No. But uh, it's... Yeah, statistically, yeah. not a home run. No. But uh, in terms of runs on the scoreboard, it is. Mm-hmm. And well, again, Reg, we've we've seen that a few times over the years uh, when we were covering the uh, fastball and the baseball in town. Yeah, we would see plays where the, you're thinking, okay, they should get him at first, and the next thing you know, the guy's standing on third because there were two overthrows or whatever. Yeah. But, well, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's one of those sports, right? Yeah. And part of the thing that I think young players especially have to learn and then they'll remember this as they get older is you don't always have to be the hero and make the super play sometimes you pick the ball up you go okay he's going to beat this one out I'm just going to hold on to the ball and we'll give him first base and we'll keep him there rather than me firing the ball and maybe he ends up on second or third no eat the ball as they say yeah hang on to the ball give it back to your pitcher say okay let's get a double play boom out of the inning pretty quick, and everybody's happy, including your pitcher. Oh, exactly. Yeah, because you made his job easier. But uh, no, so... Um, we so- did have a sport of sorts on this morning. Oh, what was that? On After 9, we were talking with uh, Pete and Paz from... Dance North. Oh, okay. And, uh, and they do ballroom dancing yes. instructions. Yeah. And, of course, they hold the annual uh, Dancing with the Stars in yes. Prince George. Yeah. And that is, uh, you might think, well, that's not sports, but it's very athletic. It and is. And there has been talk about ballroom dancing becoming an Olympic sport. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't which, heard much more about it. Which but. I wouldn't be happy about, but no. I, I'm not happy with anything that requires judges to decide it. Yes. Right? That's the problem. And that would be the case with uh, something like ballroom dancing. Yes. I mean, with hockey, it's one thing to say, yeah, we've got the cameras to make the decisions on some things, but that's okay because that's just another piece of equipment. Yeah. The the referee can't go, well, I don't like that guy, so I'm going to mark him down. He doesn't get the goal. I didn't like the way he put that in the net. Yeah. I'm not going to allow I'm him not to going score. to allow it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not going to allow it. No. No, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that was just uh, another thing that yeah. we talked about uh, this morning on okay. After 9. Oh, God, I was thinking about trying to get somebody from ballroom dancing on yeah, the show. Yeah, you were not. Okay, fine. All right, call well, that's, that's enough of that for this week, I think. Yes, okay. We will be back next Monday, next Wednesday, 1 o'clock, for some more Post to Post. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.